The Blokebusters podcast is proud to be a member of the Pod Bros Network. You can find us, as well as other fantastic podcasts such as Pencil and Ink Review, Another Damn Trivia Show, and The Language of Bromance at podbros.com, as well as on most other fine podcasting services. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to share and enjoy the Blokebusters podcast. Welcome to episode 85 of the Blokebusters podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Paul. And as you can probably tell by the title, we will be discussing a very early animated film, at least early in our terms, Mm -hmm. uh, An American Tale. Yeah, well, very early in my terms. It was before I was born. Well, yes, (laughs) in its own perspective. Um, We'll get into my history with this film in a little bit. Um, But, Paul, why don't you first tell us uh, where the good folks can find us? Well, I mean, obviously they're listening to us right now, but if you want to find us... Yeah, so this is one venue. Yes, if you want to find us in any other format... We are on Twitter at Blokebusters, Facebook.com slash Blokebusters. We're on Instagram, Blokebusters. We have a website, Blokebusters.webs.com, which is quite nice, and I do try and keep it updated. I believe it's up to date at the present time. And also you can email us, Blokebusterpodcast at gmail.com, and uh, we also will accept carrier pigeons if you can somehow train them to find us i prefer a raven but you know it's their own oh, yeah, yeah. i mean I, uh, i'm english pigeons are everywhere. Come on. <laughs> well my got people you know yeah. all right uh, so, so um uh, money i know uh before we started going so numbers may be a little hard to track but what you got yeah well um obviously this film directed by don bluth and it was a budget of about $9 million. This, that one is going off of IMDb, so obviously take that one as you will. Uh, but the box office for this uh, worldwide was $84,542,002. Damn. <laughs> That's a hit. Yes, a, hit. <laughs> a, a remarkable return there. Nine times the reported budget. So, that, yeah, um, hence the thousand sequels. But <laughs> yes, uh, we might get into that a little bit. <laughs> okay, sorry. In fact, that might even bleed into another thing that we do. But anyway, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, do you happen to have a synopsis of this film keyed up at all? Well, I sure do. Uh, okay. While immigrating to the United States, a young Russian mouse gets separated from his family and must relocate them while trying to survive in a new country. Yep, yeah, okay. Um, yep. <laughs> that one actually isn't bad. I will That's give them that pretty one. much the movie, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much your end credits. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so very quickly going over the cast here, you've got Philip Glasser as Fival Mouskowitz, and I'm not going to bother trying to say it the way they do it in the film because I do not have that accent. Yeah. Amy Green as Tanya Mouskowitz, John P. Finnegan as Warren T. Rat, and uh, then let's see, you, what I don't know if I could pronounce this guy's first name properly, uh, Nehemiah. 
personal. I was yes. yeah, I would have gone with Nehemia or Nehemia. Yeah. But you might who knows? Yeah, yep. as uh, Papa, Papa Mouskowitz, uh, Erica Yana's mama. And then the only one I would say of no apologies to those that feel that the others really deserve a play. <laughs> but you got Madeline Kahn as Gussie Mouseheimer. Uh, I see what they did there. And uh, you got Christopher Plummer as Henri, who is a French pigeon in America. Of course. Make, make with that what you will. And then Dom DeLuise as Tiger, who is basically the cowardly lion. <laughs> Thank you for taking those words. Yes, he is definitely the cowardly lion. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, you didn't have to look far for his inspiration for that character. <laughs> yes, I mean, re- reading it off on here, it just says, a very large, cowardly, long-haired, orange tabby cat who also happened to be vegetarian, with the exception of the occasional fish. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so, but yeah, cowardly lion is all you need to know for that. So, all right. So, well, what, why don't we say that you said that uh, you had your own little intro to this film? So what? Yeah, first, I, I'll get into that, but first I just want to kind of remember, I know some of our listeners may be on the younger side, um, and of course I'm an old man here, but I just <laughs> kind of want to like kind of put people on a time frame of when this movie came out. It was 1986. Mm-hmm. November um, 21st, yes. 1986. Yeah, so obviously animated films have been out for a very long time. Yep. Um, you know, uh, Fantasia in 1940 and Bambi and then Cinderella, you know, um, Snow White actually, I guess three years before in 37, but yeah. Um, but I, at least for me, you know, animated films kind of went into a kind of lull, uh, for a while. And I think this was kind of the birth of like the resurgence and like kind of popularity of animation. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of, uh, kind of interesting. I would, probably say Secret of Nim laid the groundwork and then an American mm-hmm. tale became like the mm-hmm. um, like the one that everyone was able to see. Secret of Nim, very dark. <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge fan yeah. of that film, but definitely mm-hmm. not every kid got to see this one. And even though this one does have dark tones in it, I feel it's nowhere, doesn't come anywhere close to, to that. Close to that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just a couple of mile markers here for you. Um, this was three years before the Berlin Wall came down. Um, that okay. this film came out. <laughs> also, five years before the USSR was dissolved. All right. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it, that does kind of date things a little bit, you know? Like like yeah. Some people might be thinking, "Holy shit, that was a long time ago." Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, so apparently. Breaking news, uh, beep, 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 uh, breaking news, sorry, please cut that out, uh, nope. but you, I know you, you'll leave it in. Um, yes, uh, I have been telling people the first movie I ever saw in theaters, um, that, or I found out that out all today is a complete lie. Um, yes, I saw this, this occur. Okay, you saw this interaction with my mother and myself on Facebook today? I did, yes. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, hi, mom. If you're listening, uh, hope you're not. <laughs> um, but anyway, 
this looks like it might be the first film I've ever seen in theaters oh, uh, <laughs> at the ripe old age of four. Yeah. So uh, I've been telling people for years and years it was The Nightmare Before Christmas, shortly followed by The Lion King. Um, and apparently this was the first film, yeah, I've right. ever seen in a theater. Although, I'm sorry, Mom, I do not remember. Um, <laughs> but play, well, you let me off the hook, I was bored. Yep, sir. <laughs> Yeah, to be able to clearly remember exactly what you did throughout your four your four year old life, yeah. I, I, I was just I, becoming, you know, reconciling with consciousness. So <laughs> yes, I, I think we can uh, we can let you off the hook for that. Well. Okay, but I had seen it in subsequent years, you know, on television and things like that. So it was a story I was somewhat familiar with. Uh, yes. but probably haven't seen it since the age of like eight or nine, you know. Yeah. Um. So yes, it was a. Uh, quite a new experience for me. So um, had you seen this previously uh, before have, we signed up yes. for this? Yes, you had? I have. Okay. Uh, this one, I believe that this watch that I just had was about my third of this okay. film. And I can't tell you for absolute fact what year it was that I first saw it, but I believe it was a VHS Oh, At yeah. some point when I was probably between nine and thirteen, like that that kind of time, so that would have been. Uh, let me just do some quick math in my head. That would have been basically late nineties, is when I I would have seen this for the first okay. time, and yeah, not um, I didn't really pick up back then on some of the, the themes in this film it was oh my gosh yes yes i took it purely at face value and was just like oh okay so the mice are trying to get away from the cats and oh no there are cats that's <laughs> and then it's a sort of a modified trojan horse type thing that they yeah. do with at the end um and Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, obviously, now, looking at it, I'm kind of like, wow, okay, this, this is a a brave thing to really start putting into what would be considered a children's film. So, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but all power <laughs> to it. Absolutely. They... Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say that, um, kind of what Paul was alluding to there, we didn't plan this out. Like, we were just looking for a film to review that was recently added to Netflix, correct? Yep. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty much the case. And then it kind of dawned on me, and I even sent a message like, this is pretty prevalent and relative to current <laughs> climates. <laughs> yeah. Those weren't my exact words, but I was like that, you know. like, Yeah, there's um, some themes in here that we might identify with so <laughs> yeah and it um so you know, obviously you gave the generic synopsis there but um, mm -hmm. kind of going into it it is uh, 1885 ukraine mm -hmm. the mouskowitzes who uh, in case you couldn't tell they're jewish uh, yeah. they are <laughs> mice that live with a human family apparently called moskowitz i completely missed that I don't know um, yep. if that was specifically mentioned, but there you go. <laughs> Mouskowitz, oh, I see what they did there. Yes, yep. exactly. Um, and then for some reason, they are basically made to immigrate to America. 
and during the immigration by boat, the the son in the family is swept off the boat and presumed dead. And before this, you hear this wonderful song about how there are no cats in America. And oh, it's a catchy number. <laughs> oh yes. In fact, when I saw that this was on Netflix, that was the thing that popped into my head again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it was that and another song, which is well, yeah. We'll, we'll get to the yeah. We'll get to that um, one. But yes, and then obviously it very much parallels the uh, the Jewish fleeing to America and just being like. Well, no, your name is now Smith. Here you go. You're going to just yeah, find a, a way to live will, here. Um, remember the opening scene to uh, Godfather Part 2 um, with them arriving on Ellis Island and, uh, you know, the Corleone family getting their name. Um, <laughs> yeah. But a lot of that just, yeah, just, oh, just lovely casual ra- racism. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, you're Smith now. Yeah. None of that <laughs> nonsense. Um yeah, so some heavy numbers. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, uh, right I would bat. like I would like to reiterate that this is billed as a kids film, and, and it, this is in a lot of ways it very much is. Let's you know, yeah. let's make that clear. But yeah, I mean, it, um, it's about mice. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, I mean, true. This, so. true. Um, but yeah, this is obviously a, a time in when you would want to uh, immigrate to America. So yes. the, there's America. What a place was. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, still true, just depends how you say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, and it, it def- there's one kind of running theme throughout, just uh, based on the uh, the Christopher Plummer character, where he is just saying, oh, they're building my statue. And mm-hmm. like it, you know, at the end of the film, it does become this giant beacon that everyone's in awe of. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is this symbol of uh, everything's fine now and uh, um, I I do know obviously we're going to try and stay away from politics as much as possible while we're discussing Uh, it. It may not be completely avoidable Yes, how on this this film is but at least I don't know if I can avoid it. But yeah, we won't hit it hard. It it Uh, might become incredibly obvious what our own particular political leanings are during the discussion of this film. However, uh, obviously given now there have been a lot of jokes and sort of half-joking comments made about how what is now written on the Statue of Liberty possibly is becoming undone. I don't know. Like, all of these mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's actually a really cool film. When I rewatched it, I didn't anticipate enjoying it as much as I did again. Yeah. Um, when that, yeah, that's, you know, opening probably 20 minutes or half hour, you know, when they have the, uh, the song that is the, you know, the poem that's on the Statue of Liberty. Um, I, I will admit I got a little choked up. Um, <laughs> it was, you know, I mean, cause it's hard to not think about our current situation, you know, yeah. here, you know, not getting into it too much, but our, the current situation that we're in here um, and that other people are in and just thinking about those words and stuff. And it was, yeah, uh, it was definitely a moment for me. One that I'd never had, you know, watching this film before. So, yeah. Yeah. And the, um, 
the, the really cool thing when I was watching it again, and we'll talk about the art style in a little bit because mm-hmm. that's like my main draw for this film. But just yeah. watching it, I didn't realize just how well done the the film is when it, they they are tackling all of these really heavy topics, but they've been able to frame it so well with just this family. This little yeah, this like you said, it's family. A, a Trojan horse. Yeah, it's a beautiful Trojan horse of a film. Yeah, you <laughs> just sneak it right in on you. Um, yeah, I wrote that down too. Like the, the film looks incredible. Like yeah, it's got the the faded tones of the time, but it is just beautiful, beautiful. Um, yeah, I don't remember the all the films that were made at the time that kind of led to it, but it was. Definitely this film, and there were, I believe, the, the Secret of Nim kind of, like I said, it led the way, and then there was uh, a couple of other ones. I believe Who Framed Roger Rabbit was one. Because they did so well, the animation studio Amblimation was created. And, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the idea being to kind of continue on this sort of style, unfortunately, they didn't quite capture what those films were able to to bring so it did and did end up closing down after about what nine years i think it was but uh mm-hmm. yeah i remember I, yeah i definitely remember that studio though i looked it up they they only made three films before they got shut down like they really yeah they made five or goes west uh-huh we're back a dinosaur story oh, and yeah. balto Bolton, okay, yep. I have yep. seen Fargo Goes West, and that is it. I haven't seen okay. the other two. Um, I'd give Bolton a watch, but uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I think this was uh, one the most successful non-Disney animated films. I think I read, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but, at the very least, at the time, it was like it it made so much money and wasn't Disney that everyone was kind of like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually, yeah, and all that. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's the thing. When I was looking it up, I, I did. I expected, you know, also nine million probably made fifty. If I had mm-hmm. to guess, like, yeah, you know, especially for that time, not being from a major franchise or a major studio that did it, it was just kind of Don Blues. Not only directed and produced it, but like, he was one of the main people behind it. So it was just kind of, okay, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> and this is what I got out of it. So um, what, well, why don't we kind of start off here then? Like, Obviously, you know, very heavy topics and stuff to go into, but what would you say is your favorite part of this film? If you had to pick one. Um, well, I don't know if people listen closely to the podcast. Um, I am a big musical fan uh paul not so much not so much um so um to steal a phrase my shining light for all of this film are are the uh, musical numbers um some better than others and i think one we'll get to that is uh the best um (laughs) we already mentioned no cats in america um but yeah i just like that aspect and i like that this was an animated musical um yeah, that's my favorite part. I know it's multiple parts, but right. yeah, if I can cheat, if you'll allow me that. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, okay, obviously, cool. <laughs> well, uh, we've touched on what my sort of favorite thing from it would be the animation, just because I, I love this style. It, it's not around mm-hmm. anymore. Well, but... yeah, I, I wrote this even down in my notes is that the, the, the cell work, you know, and that just the animation is really on display. Like you could feel the care. Yeah, in the time it takes to make a film like this at that time, uh, yeah, it was really there on the screen. Yeah, and it, yeah, and I've got nothing against using newer technology to create better, mm-hmm. uh, like better visuals and stuff like that. But I wouldn't mind seeing a return of this art style. I well, know it's just not cost effective anymore, mm-hmm. but like, there's got to be someone somewhere that's willing to to go back down this route because it's. It's just so cool to see. It's uh, it, it's it, it's so much more real than Shrek or mm-hmm. yeah, you know, or even well, the new I, Pixar I think, stuff. Yeah, like we've I think like we've mentioned or and guests have mentioned on uh, on the pod before is that um, we now expect animated films to to look incredible. You know, it it is expected. It's not a compliment anymore to say that. Oh, up uh, looked amazing. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, or Finding Dory looked amazing. Well, it cost $50 million, you know, to do the animation, whatever it costs. Like, it should look incredible. Yeah, the, um, the only time it's ever noteworthy is when it's stunning. Like, it has to be yeah. so, something you've not seen before. Yeah, so, of course, we expect that because you have these programs now, these, you know, super sophisticated computer programs that can do the, pull this animation off. So, to return yeah. to this cell style... Yeah, just anything like that, or even you know the little prince, like what was done there. You know, yeah. like just return to old forms. Um, yeah, I mean, I I would, yeah, I would I would appreciate more stuff like the little prince, where you just have a melding of different styles, that, and mm-hmm. then you know maybe have a film that partly done like this. Because yeah. I don't even know what you would do. <laughs> with it, but I don't uh, know. But yeah, the, of course, it always comes down to money, so it would probably cost a lot more money to make a film like that than with the modern, you know, animation capabilities. Yes. yes sure Significantly more because, and time. Yeah. And it is, you are literally paying people to sit at their desks and draw rather yep. than sit at their desks <laughs> and go tip, tap, 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 click, click, click. I am trivializing the work that people do with yeah. computers yeah. now, yeah. but you know, it, you can definitely get further quicker now with computers than you can having someone just go line after line after line. Yeah. So don't hold our breath on this, but hopefully there's passionate filmmakers filmmakers out there that can make it work. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You've got people that are able to make like all the cheesy eighties, like TV stuff mm -hmm. where people are able to parody that very well. And that's a type of homage. So yeah. Maybe someday someone will be willing to to give us something like this again, but uh, yeah, to, obviously. So the animation, my favorite thing from this. My Did favorite, you? So, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say my favorite moment from this though is definitely the end. Like even though I I made fun of the fact that it's basically a Trojan horse that they kind of an altered Trojan horse, but. That giant mouse of Minsk was uh-huh. awesome to watch. Yes, like that. 
the animation on it uh oh it was fantastic um mm-hmm. and, yeah. and you didn't you weren't told what it was you, you no. didn't really get to see it you just like when they release this thing is when you got to actually fully see it and again that's something that's not really done now because it's offered a lot of okay here's a building montage so you're going to see it as it's being built and here's them testing each individual piece so you know it works and then so by the time they actually go and here it is you already know what it can do and then they'll probably say oh here's this button that we installed and we just didn't show you what it was and now it does a flamethrower or something but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that it this was it probably my favorite part of the film which is great because it's towards the end like my favorite part of the film was something that they built up and delivered built on. up to absolutely <laughs> um but yeah so so that that's mine uh did you feel there was anything in the film that didn't work i mean i don't know whether it would be because of uh... like because of how things have moved on now and like, mm-hmm. you feel like something doesn't quite fit anymore or if there was just a miss uh you know what not too much i mean just watching it as an adult now i I did feel even though it has heavy themes i did feel like a lot of it was just kind of blah very <laughs> basic humor you know just please you know please very cute but yeah. not really special as you know like the some of the dialogue and you know things that and in that way, it's very much a kid's film, and I, you know, very and I very much outgrown it um, yeah. <laughs> when the heavy themes weren't being addressed, or you know, uh, or but I could still find myself, you know, enjoying the animation and, and all that. But uh, that's really my main critique is that it, you know, kind of aged out of a lot of it. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, you, you basically, and I guess that can be the sign of good writing is well or um yeah good whatever it's just that you might you're now too old for like the kid part of it which is Mm -hmm. you know obviously how they were advertising Mm -hmm. it but you're able to then take more from the other stuff that what went straight over your head as a kid i I think that's an excellent yeah point yeah uh yeah because those yeah those thoughts did occur to a four-year-old. Uh, that four-year-old's going places, but uh, yeah, that, that four-year-old has lived through this. If that, if that four-year-old is exactly, yeah, they're like, uh-huh, I know that story. Um, but yeah, that's a great point. Um, yeah, so I did have that access point into it on this watch. But yeah, I, I I've been trying to think of uh, yeah a bit that I think didn't work and. Uh, like to be honest, it's a bit weird to say, but I think my main problem with this film is Tiger. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, I have nothing against Tom <laughs> DeLuise. I, I love, <laughs> I love Tom DeLuise. He's great. But it's like, I mean, maybe it's because I'm now older, and that character is clearly meant for the kids but like, mm-hmm. he is it is just this random sort of bumbling cat that they just kind of introduced just for the hell of it and then they you know he sort of helps out a bit yeah he sings a song with Fievel 
uh, a duo, it's called, of course. Yeah. Um, which it's, it's a cute song. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they, he's definitely in there to try to steal the show. Uh, yeah. You know, punch up things and kind of give that late second, third act, you know, beginning third act uh, a little bit of push. And, and I guess for the most part it works, but maybe not so much for you, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, it's it's always fun just to hear Don Teleries because he's just got that great voice to him. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and they gave him a character that fits the voice very well. So yeah, it's perfect mm-hmm. casting. It's just maybe I am just a bit too old and jaded at this point. So it is <laughs> it is specifically like oh, there's that character made for the kids. So gotta wait uh-huh. until we move on to the next scene or something. Maybe he won't be in it, but. Uh, but yeah, and yeah, like like I said, I I think it's it's a good sign of the film that the bit that I don't like now that I'm older is the bit that isn't aimed at me anymore. So yeah, I, yeah, I I kind of really came to appreciate what this film was when I was watching it again in a way that I wasn't expecting. Seriously, what happened was I was on Netflix and I was just scanning through some stuff. And I was like, an American Tales on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Huh. I think they yeah. have a few of them on there. Yeah, yeah, I think they might have added uh, all four. And mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, I, that that could be interesting. Definitely a you know a chance to talk animation and stuff like that and mm-hmm. uh, films of the time. And then I rewatched it. I was like, wow, I this is better than I thought. <laughs> See, wait, well, why don't we talk about your favorite song then? I, I, um, well, <laughs> call me I, a I <laughs> I say I, I there's basically two songs I can think of that it might possibly be given that it's clearly not that there are no cats in America, and you, you didn't no, seem it's too not fond never of, say never. It's not never say never, <laughs> and you didn't seem too fond of a duo when you were talking about it. So in that case, it, I mean, is it somewhere out there by any chance? It is somewhere out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, so uh, what, what about that song then? Do you I, I don't know. This might tie back to like my first experience. Like this song had to have gotten embedded in my brain. You know, uh, it, it is a very well written song. I think uh, I still think that, but I don't know. I just connect this with. My childhood, like it's a song that I always knew. It's just one of those few songs that's always been in your brain. Um, And you don't know really when it started, but you know it's always been there. Um, So I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody. (laughs) Um, But there's just a few songs like that. Like I'm making it sound way better than it is, and it's still a good song. But I don't know. It's just integral to, like I said, um, to my upbringing. Yeah, that was just me, like seeing it, you know, at a very early age. Apparently, <laughs> that I, no, I I get it. I mean, there, there are definitely some songs in films that obviously I I may not care for the song or anything like that. But every now and again, it'll just pop into my head for no reason, and it's like, you know, well, that yeah, I remember sitting watching that. I, like, it's just you just kind of get whisked back for a second. Just one example of that is actually one that just kind of started playing in my head as I was trying to think of somewhere out there is actually, and this is going to sound incredibly stupid, it's the song that Peter Panning's daughter sings in Hook, where mm. she's, 
Like she's just sitting there singing while she's on the pirate ship, and for for no reason whatsoever, that will just pop into my head, and no, then I'll yeah. spend the next five ten minutes just going. Wasn't Hook just a fun film to watch? <laughs> like, <laughs> I yeah. should rewatch that film. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm afraid. That's what I'm afraid to watch because I don't think it'll hold up. I really don't. Oh, oh it does. Uh, I, I watched it a couple of years ago. It doesn't hold up the way it should. <laughs> I but, don't think it did. But it is still, just, I mean, it's Robin Williams as Peter Pan. I know. Come it, on. Yeah. <laughs> and if, yeah, I don't want to get too sad here, but it's still tough. I still really have to gear myself up for a Robin Williams rewatch. Um, yeah, I. Um, it doesn't matter if it's dramatic or comedic. I still have a tough time with it. Yeah, so. where, where I work, uh, there are times where the TV will be on and it will, because I happen to work with children with autism and they mm-hmm. like a lot of things to be the same. Yeah. It's either The Lion King on one side of the room mm-hmm. or Aladdin mm-hmm. on the other. Oh, yeah. So I am treated quite often to <laughs> Friend Like Me and, yeah. the, and also the ending of Aladdin, which oh, yeah. which is, is very difficult to get through sometimes. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. but immersion therapy, apparently. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, I, yeah, definitely at, th- at this point in time, I, you know, I have a, a very young daughter and I want, to be able to share Robin Williams' film with her. Because... Yeah, so you got to get over it for her sake. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to deprive my daughter of Robin Williams. Yeah, I cannot Here, I'm going to start the movie. I'll be in the other room crying. <laughs> yeah, just, just tell me what it's done. Are you not going to watch it? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, give her a few years for Dead Poets Society, but uh, yeah. Yeah, or, or even one hour photo. <laughs> Maybe start with one hour photo and then move on to Aladdin. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Or insomnia. Yeah, there you go. And then awake. Uh, yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. So, well, 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 let's dig ourselves out of this. Uh, yes, that's, that's this if we can. I know we haven't really like talked about the plot, and I know that. I mean, I don't really know that it's essential that we really go into it. Like, like the synopsis said, he comes to America trying to get, you know, uh, separated from the family, tries to get back with family. There's your movie. Um, yes. <laughs> so I'd recommend watching it. It's only an hour and twenty. Um, yeah, definitely. So not too much to invest there, but yeah, and you know, like we've been skirting around, you know, with the, talking about the bigger issues, which is really our connection, I think, into the film now. Um, yes, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like I was just saying, you know, people wondering why why we aren't touching on the finer points. Because I don't know. I don't really feel like it's too relevant. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and um, one thing that I was surprised by when I was rewatching it was, it, like every time there was a voice, and I was like, "Wait, what? They're in this film?" <laughs> and it's, of course, the first couple of times I watched this, I had no idea who Madeline Kahn was. Like, mm-hmm. I'd never heard that voice before, and yeah. now, and now it's like, "Oh, it's Madeline Kahn. That's kind of cool." <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Someone we're familiar with now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, my, that's the other my, thing. Like, yeah, they had two, I guess, two fairly big names uh, at the time: Christopher Plummer and I guess Dom DeLuise. I don't know how big of a name, um, but yeah, this was a time when you didn't need all five, six, eight starring roles to be A-list celebrities. So that's also yeah. nice with the voice work. Yeah, I mean, in fact, if you. Yeah, if we go back to the people playing 
Fivel and who would be the I guess uh, Tony. Yeah, Pro- Tony, probably yeah. like the two main people there. So you got Philip Glasser, and can you name anything else? I guess really? <laughs> uh, the Philip Glasser story, a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically I'm looking at the list of stuff he's done, and he was five all in Twelve Goes <laughs> West. Yep, five or less American Tales, oh, which was, was right a TV in front of me. show. Oh, how could I not name something else he was in? I know. <laughs> he was also in The Secret of Nim 2. Ah. So uh, I had to look that up. But yeah, basically, the probably the the biggest thing he's been in outside of the Five or franchise. Um, uh, you can make an argument for Full House or. Uh, I probably. won't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> or, you know, he was in an episode of Boy Beach World, an episode of Saved by the Bell, an episode of Sabrina's Teenage Witch. So, All right, th- we spent enough time on this guy. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the thing. <laughs> yeah, he was, Sorry, no offense to you, good sir, but... Uh... That's fine. He was 10 years old at the time of recording, so they actually okay, did yeah. get a child actor to do it. And right. so the other one being Tony... Is uh, played by Pat Music, and uh, that would be Patrice Ann Music. So yes, they did get a woman to play <laughs> Tony, but uh, mm, with yes, one of the most irritating <laughs> accents <laughs> you'll hear. Yes, <laughs> at least in my opinion, <laughs> it didn't age well for me, uh, uh, Tony. No, and I, it was definitely one thing where. I heard the voice and I was immediately like, oh, yes, I remember this voice. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just like, all I could think of was uh, Peter Griffin and like the Italian band, beep, beep, bop, beep, boop, beep, beep, It was, uh, yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. And get over here. It was, oh, yeah, it was rough. For those of you that are fans of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, I got a very Paula Poundstone image in my head when she was talking um but yeah probably most famous at this point for being the mother of may whitman i think so <laughs> that would so. be it yeah and uh, the other again the other stuff she she done a lot of animations so you probably heard her voice elsewhere and uh yeah so like that that's the thing is these people that are like okay i guess they've been in animation before or in the case of Five old, the main character, they just hired a kid to do it. (laughs) That doesn't happen now. It's the only time I can Uh, think of, especially like, let's say you go with Pixar or Disney. mm -hmm. The the time that I can think of where they hired where they hired someone to do the voice of a kid who wasn't an established actor already, like Simba. They got Jonathan Taylor Thomas to do the voice of Simba there, uh, would be Boo in Monsters, Inc. And mm-hmm. what they did there was they got a two-year-old to record line down the phone. Like that. <laughs> they, they, that was it. Like outside of that, they get people who have been in the voice acting community a long mm-hmm. time or they get you know, established child actors. And yeah. yeah I mean, even like... Um... Like Wreck-It Ralph, which sounds like it would be prime for child actors. 
Yeah. You know, it was cast with seasoned actors and people with a lot of voice work experience. I mean, you had Sarah Silverman, Silverman as Vanellope and, yeah. you know, John C. Riley and stuff. Um, but, or like Alan Tudyk, you know, doing like, you know, childish kind of roles. But, yeah. 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 It's a... Still very enjoyable. I'm not saying that in a bad way. Oh, childlike, yeah. No. Maybe. Childlike is a better yeah, description. Yes. Yeah, it's just, uh, it, Kind of interesting. The more I've been delving into this film and seeing, like, the way it was made, the people that are in it, things like that, like, it's, like, it's, it's still very surprising to me how it did as well as it did, and then, like, the way it was made, it's like, wow, it, it is doing a lot of things that just didn't done anymore. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's kind, no. of, kind of under it was. It was a fun ride for me to. It, to it, sit it's down kind of an it. animated uh, Gangs of New York. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, no um, Cameron Diaz, you know, um, yeah. which take that as a good or bad thing, however you want to decide. Yes. Um, but yeah, there's, it's that whole kind of vibe to it. Um, Tammany Hall, you know, you got to love the mention of Tammany Hall and that whole corruptness there. Yeah. Um, the whole Honest John character. Uh, who I loved, who's, you know, just clearly a corrupt politician, you know, yep. and uh, <laughs> prone to the sauce. And, yeah. yeah. Now, like, which, that wasn't that a little odd for you? Like, there was just, like, clearly alcohol consumption in this children's film. Yes, <laughs> and, uh, and definitely, I believe there were one or two instances of smoking as well, as a uh-huh. cigar here and there. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously not unheard of. Let's take Pinocchio, for instance. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, in, at the time it was it was made, it was definitely towards the end of, we got to kind of, yeah, safer work this stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, was, yeah, we became a little more cautious and, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, this is kind of interesting. I, I don't know if you've heard this. Uh, they originally wanted it to be an all-animal world. Okay, like a Zootopia? Kind of, yeah, or yeah. Uh, uh, Robin Hood, the, mm-hmm. the Disney one. But, yeah. Uh-huh. But apparently Don Bluth suggested, much like the Rescuers, that there just be sort of a hidden, uh, hu- like, you know, human-esque world within the animals underneath the human world. And then it, it wasn't it wasn't until everyone else then watched the rescuers and they went, oh, okay, yeah, I see what you're going for there. Like, could you imagine this film if they just did like a direct, okay, so they're just giant mice from the Ukraine moving to America. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> not while not on psychedelics. <laughs> no. I mean, I, Which I, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I think at that point it would have been like really heavy. Like that, because mm-hmm. I think the way it works so well is they're able to take that one step away from what was actually happening and make it about the, the animals rather than just make it about. Uh, anthropomorphic animals going through the thing, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. I am very glad it didn't have the way it did. Um, yeah, I don't know if um, is there anything else you want to go into? 
You know, I, I I don't think so. I, this is one of those films that not my favorite film by far, but no, yeah, I I don't want to talk about it too much in case people haven't really seen it or uh, like they haven't rewatched it in a long time. It's like yeah, I I would recommend people see this film now. I, <laughs> yeah, I I stand by this note uh, when I take when I took it, but I did write down this definitely has its place in animation history it may not be a large place <laughs> um but i do think it's a deserving place however small it is yeah i i think that uh yeah i think at this point the secret of nim has probably a, a bigger absolutely a, a bigger yeah, place and a bigger here. knowledge of about mm-hmm. there because uh-huh. it, just just because it's the secret of Nim, but yes, I, I think people do kind of overlook this one because it is more of a kids film. But it, it there's still so much in there that uh, I think people should pay attention to. So yeah, I mean, I, uh, I I heartily recommend this film to pretty much anyone that is willing to listen. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially if I mean, maybe not for yourself, but if you have kids out there and you're you know. You need stuff to watch, and there's going to be a little enjoyment in there for you, uh, too. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe four or five years old rather than two, three. Like, you know, don't want yeah. to scare mm-hmm. them too much. Yeah, <laughs> a, a little parental <laughs> guidance. Just, yeah, uh, giant mouse mousemans can be pretty terrifying. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe just finish it like. 20 minutes before the end, just kind of... Yeah, like, just oh, get oh. Tigger, or Tigger, uh, Tiger, which I always <laughs> wanted to call him Tigger, but yeah, just get some Tiger in there, and then yeah, you're good. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, um, yeah, any, uh, I think we kind of said it. <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, uh, did, did you want to get back into doing a rating thing, or shall we... Uh, um, no, I, I don't think, it? yeah, I kind of want to just kind of keep that for the the modern release releases. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll I, just give it a general thumbs up. Yeah. I, I've been, I've been thinking about it recently and I, I do think uh, a lot of these things, like, especially when we're doing older films like this one or like Netflix stuff, it's, it is uh, much like Netflix is doing now. It's typically either, Hey, we recommend it or you should probably skip it. Type yeah. Thing. yeah. But, uh, watch or but, pass. Yeah. yeah. And I say watch. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's a lukewarm watch, but a watch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, uh, at, at the very least, anyone that is uh, obviously musically or you know, uh, animation inclined. Mm-hmm. Th- yeah, this is, this it, yeah. Is I guess I should specify that if you do have something that immediately ties you into it, whatever it is, then you'll like it more. Um, <laughs> as a general film if there's not a whole lot bringing you into it i think it's a, a lukewarm recommend but yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. all right, all right. Uh, well, well anything else we want to go over <laughs> well, well i uh, not with this film but i do know that mm-hmm. uh, it has been a very 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 long time since we have done any form of real recommendations with uh, oh sure with this podcast mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, i i know that uh, you said previously that you had a couple that you might want to bring up. So uh, we're kind, we're sort of uh, mm-hmm. bringing back the, 
I don't want to call it Netflix recommendation. Yeah, because obviously just that's limiting. streaming recommendation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Since I believe yeah, both, whatever both services of us, you may or may not have subscriptions or stolen subscriptions too. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, or borrowed or you know with permission, whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So however, I, you are, I know maybe. I know people discover these things all on their own timelines. So a couple of these are old hat. That sorry, um, yeah. but. The, only, the main one I'm thinking of there is 3%, which is an amazing, amazing series. Um, second season, hopefully coming sometime soon because I need it. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine if you'd watched it initially when this came out and you've been waiting that long. My hat's off to you there. But it yeah. is just a wonderful dystopian uh, story, you know, um, about, you know, this kind of uh, only 3% make it to the offshore, this, you know, utopian world. Yeah. Um, and you have to be put through these trials and it's uh it's pretty great the acting's pretty awesome um you, you got to be a friend of subtitles which hopefully you know most of you are so that's a big one uh, have you heard of that at all paul uh, i have i've seen it in um uh like in the queue and i do know that there is an english dub version of it if you do want to watch it uh, that way yeah but uh, yeah i would still recommend the native language yes yeah, I mean, you, it, you get much more of the story yes yeah, it's always clearer version always the same when i watch anime like i hate watching dub not there are there are some good dubs but there are but you really uh, want the original yeah. languages for those mm-hmm. Just, yeah, just to like get Crouching all the Tiger, I think, is one of the worst. Uh, I hated that dub so much. But uh, anyway, so on to the next one. Um, just came out last night. Um, that's this is irrelevant if you're not <laughs> <laughs> last night, April twenty fifth. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. Um, the bandied about word is important. It's kind of cliche now, but it is an important series to watch. Uh, it's not fun, <laughs> but it is amazing. It is beautiful. Um, it's one of those kind of required homework, um, it, keeping with the theme of the episode, <laughs> apparently. Uh, required viewing for the time we're in. Um, right. So definitely give that a watch. Um, <laughs> Bill Nye saves the world. My childhood scientist, uh, he's back. Um, he's just as good or better than ever. It, it's a very, you know, we have some experiments and some uh, field pieces, and uh, it's just fun. He's just got that boundless energy. And, um, this will definitely the, watch him. This would be the first time I actually have seen Bill Nye do like something like this. Like, the only t- the only exposure I've had to Bill Nye in my life because growing up in England, no one knows who he is. Like, uh-huh. Everyone knows who Bill Nighy is, but not yes. Bill Nye. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so yeah, I I first saw him mm-hmm. in anything when I went on the Ellen's Energy, whatever it is, at Disney World, because he he and Ellen did that thing together, and the idea of being like, oh, here's different energy things that we need, and so on and so forth, and that, and that was kind of cool. I enjoyed that, mm-hmm. and I'd seen him like in things i think he was on mythbusters once he's definitely been a guest on a few things i've seen but mm-hmm. this will be my introduction proper introduction to okay. bill nye so and, and uh bill nye the science guy i think i think is still on netflix i haven't taken a look in a while but um those old episodes are up if you know 
you you were so inclined. Um, yeah. And then just the last uh, thing I was kind of one uh, kind of into right now is Mystery Science Theater three thousand the um, the updated uh, version with Jonah Hill. Um, this is just one of those things to put on last thing of the night, trying to get to bed, whatever. It is great falling asleep. To concept. I, I mean this in the best way. It's not a slight. Like no. it's very soothing to watch the you know just these bad movies with you know just some quiet wisecracks in the background. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's never not good. You know to, to just kind of watch that kind of thing. If you can't take anything to watch, just throw it on. Yeah, um, yeah I, I just love it. Well, Are you a big? I mean, I don't know. Did, did you watch a lot of the original MST or? Uh, no, I have uh, I have been exposed to exactly twelve minutes of the original Mystery uh, Science Theater three thousand, and mm-hmm. so like I I'm still kind of toying with the idea of do I watch the original, which is mm-hmm. available on Netflix, and then watch the new one, or do I go yeah. straight into the new one? Like I, mm-hmm. I I don't know which one I should do. I think you should watch. I would say. Three or f- I, I'd say three or four, and I could probably get you some episodes of the original Mystery Science Theater, like classic ones to watch, and then definitely watch the movie Mystery Science Theater uh, three thousand, the movie, okay, and then go into the new ones, um, just to get a, a small sample size of what the original was like, um, Joel, um, yeah, right. so yeah, good that, okay, yeah. Well, uh... um, that's it for me. Rapid Fire kind of recommends. Paul, what do you have anything uh, people should be watching? Yes, actually, I'm. Uh, I was kind of surprised when uh, when you mentioned this, and I was like, "Oh, I haven't really thought about it." And then I thought about it for about two minutes, and now I've got a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something I'm watching right now on Netflix, which my mum hates it, and okay. it, it was just, it was something that I believe was on in the '90s in England. It was on BBC. And it's called a lower low, and that is apostrophe a l l o, and then just twice. It is written by the same guys that were involved in making Dad's Army, which is something I loved from my childhood. I believe I mentioned it in the mm. episode where we did like the five TV shows that really uh, yes. just love. Yep. And it's set in World War Two France, where the Germans have invaded and are occupying. And so everyone who is French speaks English with a French accent. Everyone who is German speaks English with a German accent. Everyone who is British speaks British as in, hello, I can't understand the ballet word they're saying. It's all in French. Like, that, like that's, that's the level that they have in this show. It is so cheesy. And sometimes the writing is so obvious. But I'm having a blast <laughs> watching it. It's so stupid, and it's just kind of cheesy entertainment. Each episode stupid. is like 25 minutes. It's it's kind of like yeah, yeah, guilty pleasure type TV. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I recommend that. Um, hit record on TV. Hit the record, Jordan yeah. Levitt thing. It, especially if you are into creating or just enjoying watching little little things that people have made and collaborated on, it's so so fun to watch i i have trouble describing what it is because if, yeah if you just don't give it a couple of watches it, and you'll get the idea yeah, yeah if, if you're not that into creating collaborating seeing the fruits of people's labor and stuff like that you may not like it 
but it's just for me it's wonderful to watch i've so much enjoyed it and of course Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in it, and that's always the plus. Mm. And um, he's not doing his accent from The Walk, so relax. You he can is enjoy not, it. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, he is himself. Uh, <laughs> yes, he is not playing Philippe Petit the whole time. <laughs> no, he isn't. Okay. Um, I think I got that in. Right? Uh, okay. Probably. I, okay. I do not remember, so let's okay. assume you did and move on. All right. <laughs> and uh, the last thing is actually something that I don't remember if we've ever really mentioned it on here. It is something that you mentioned a couple of times to me, and then I ended up watching it, and myself and my wife ended up watching it and loving mm-hmm. it. And it is available on Netflix still, and it is Peaky Blinders. Oh, gosh. People God, who have not found... <laughs> people who have not found out about Peaky Blinders. They watch are, Peaky Blinders. are awful people, and you need to remedy that. And <laughs> yeah, get yourself in Killian Murphy. Uh, in your life because he's amazing <laughs> and for those who are like well I'm not sure that Tom Hardy is in it from season 2 onwards yes <laughs> and, and the less we say about his character the better exactly Just, that, that's all I'm saying Tom Hardy is in yeah, it from season 2 onwards <laughs> and, and he sa- is amazing <laughs> I think sa- we can say that Sam Neill is in it and he has an Irish accent I'm not yeah. going to say which Irish accent he has and you will notice it the second he starts speaking but Yes, he's in it with an Irish accent. Uh, it is so the the ladies are great in it too. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, um, I, I don't think there's any. Helen McCrory as Aunt Polly. Uh, yeah, Sophie yeah. Rundle as Ada. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I don't think there's a single character in that show that I have an issue with. I I, mm-hmm. I just love seeing the lives of these people. <laughs> And it does, um, the, the modern music, uh, some people, hopefully that's not turning you off right now, me saying that. It does modern music appropriately. Yes. Much in the way where I feel A Night's Tale failed, you know, with the yeah. We Will Rock, you know, all that stuff. Just this, it's totally perfect, the, the music choices. It, it's, it's like Tarantino's taking the music. I don't know. Like, that's about as good as I can put it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, obviously, there are times in the show when they have music and it's like it's music of the time, it's, it's dancing to yeah. like that. Uh-huh. That's all fine. And then there are times when it is just your modern music comes in, but it's purely like it's, it's, it's purely dressing. like adrenaline driven, or yeah, you know. It's, it's, it's dressing for the scene. It isn't exactly. in the scene. It's just mm-hmm. like, like the, the theme song is by Nick Cave. So, I mean, in, um, well, I don't know if he, it's his version. I don't know. I don't think he wrote this song. But, yeah. It's, um, I'm it's not called, bothering to look that up. Yeah. It's bring called it Red Right Hand. I, I don't or know. Or Red Right Hand. Oh, and Bring It On is like the end cream of that song. Yeah, and and every now and again as well, yeah. you'll get a song like that just on the soundtrack. Uh, there was one where it was, um, it was a a white stripe song was in it. I don't remember yeah. specifically which one it was, but it is a slightly different version than I'd ever heard before. I don't know if they got them to specifically record a new version of it, and it's only like thirty seconds of it. But it was it was a really cool version of it. So it's like they they do pick the perfect music to kind of insert into yeah. it. <laughs> and I mean if. We're talking to the small group here that hasn't heard of this. I mean, if you like, you know, Boardwalk Empire or, you know, the Godfather films, um, 
anything like that, um, you're going to love it. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's more the same. I would say it's better. Um, I think they're better fleshed out characters than some of those. Uh, I mentioned yeah, um, <laughs> more humanity to him, more kind of conf- confliction or, you know, just uh, kind of complex characters, um, more going on under the surface than you think, you know, just, I don't want to say too much, of course. Um, and uh, but yeah, there's a lot there and a lot to enjoy on multiple views. Yeah. And at the moment, there's only three seasons on there. Yep. The four I think seasons, there was six episodes a season. Uh, um, it might be eight, actually. I believe it's a little longer than okay. the regular season. Um, mm-hmm. They they haven't they they haven't even announced when season four is going to air in the UK no. yet, but something tells oh, me no. Netflix are going to work on getting it to you as quick as they possibly oh. can. Yeah, they need to get that simultaneously yeah. or with very little delay. Yeah. Uh. And, and <laughs> uh, for for people that are like, well, yeah, maybe I'll get into it because of season four. You're going to have new people coming in. Uh, you got Littlefinger will be in it. Adrian Brody will be in it. Uh-huh. So uh, it's, uh, those are people to look forward to, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's um... and it looks amazing. Like the cinematography is incredible. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it is it's... so well shot. It's uh, yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Yeah, and and it's it's something where uh, I have the I have the pleasure now of having a four K TV. Mm, even oh, even the I don't, I I haven't watched you around, sir. You just need to take uh, yes, it up on right. it. Okay, well, <laughs> season four. <laughs> there you go. We'll have a viewing party. <laughs> um, right. Uh, yeah, although, yeah, my daughter might be just old enough at that point that we might need to have a viewing party when she's off somewhere else. Um, but no, we'll yeah. get some of the uh, the headphones. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, looks the wireless silly. headphones. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's the only. To each other. And then we'll wake up the baby by shouting to each other. Yeah, yeah and while it's headphones, that's the only thing that we need to worry about. We need headphones and somehow to put on glasses so that only we can see the screen. And then we'll be absolutely fine. All <laughs> right. This sounds like it's going to happen really soon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. Yeah, and well, yeah. That, so that is my recommendations uh, mm-hmm. out of uh, everything. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's that's practically everything we can yeah. cover. Yeah, uh, let us know what you're watching um, <laughs> that you think people may not know about or, you know, uh, you're just discovering. Yeah, and also, you know, let us know what you would recommend us to watch. And, you know, if you've been following us for this long, thank you very much. And uh, <laughs> you kinda, uh, Yeah, you kind of know what what's our jam and what isn't so yeah so, so do feel free to to recommend whatever yeah we could i'm always go. looking i have my uh my sources uh that, that feed to me and uh, <laughs> i'm looking to spread the love too so yeah, yeah. let me know <laughs> yeah the, um the the only other thing that uh, i was considering going to mention I, I think i will because i've been i've been singing its praises for the past several weeks uh last week tonight Killing it. Oh, season. Killing it. As always, I would say. But yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, yes, uh, for those of you that don't know, HBO, but they do release most of it on YouTube. So just go check it out. You'll find it easily enough. Mm, yes. Very uh, good work there. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, All right. I think that's going to wrap it up for us uh, for this one. I believe so. Definitely uh, a, a longer episode than I was anticipating here, but uh, a fun <laughs> well, one. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll timestamp it uh, maybe for the, uh, for the the recommends, but yeah. Yeah. Um, right. uh, yeah. So, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes. out. You finish this up yourself, Paul. I'm out of here. Oh, well, I'll get it. <laughs> well, in that case, I've been Paul and he was Brian. Bye, folks. Bye.